And we're back live again. And yes, I am in a different room. Thanks for noticing. If you can notice. Yes, it I did get a haircut. Thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. Also, do, 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 do. What's up, big haircut? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. Yeah. We shouldn't be surprised. We're starting early. We're off to a riveting start, folks. Yeah. If you're if we play our bingo or or just do our drinking game, just take a drink. Took two seconds in. <laughs> yep. But it is a Friday. Welcome which, back. Which we're to, talking hockey. Uh, which believe it or hockey. not. All right. It's been a little bit since we actually podcasted on a Friday. It has been. It's been quite some time since we have, and uh, it's just good to be back talking yep. hockey. So Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit. We got a little retirement of one Doc Emmerich. I'm sad. Not much has really gone on much or free agency trade wise since we last podcast. It's been dead quiet. It, it's yeah. just nothing. Which I mean, it, ha- it normally happens off season anyways. This is pretty much what August would have been if there was a regular off season, yeah. where it just kind of dies. There's no, nothing really happens. Even though there's still some right. bigger names out there still, like Mike Hoffman, just to name a name. Uh, yeah, Michael Grandland, sure. Sammy Botman. Just a couple names to throw out there that are still available. There, you um, know, like Mike said, there are some names out there still that are worth taking a look at. Mm-hmm. Depending on the right price, um, Alex Galchenyuk, you could possibly argue, uh, maybe Justin Abdelkader, Andreas Afanasio, um, Eric Hawley, you could argue, Sedana Chara, Trevor Lewis, Anthony DeClaire, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's a couple so. of are still out there. So, and obviously, this is the actual point where you'd see more RFA start getting signed too. Because at this uh, point, sl- when Slater Cuckoo's out there, mm-hmm. true. I'm just saying, there. This is the time period where teams, because all the big free agent signings would have already happened. Yeah, the allocated uh, cap space that you have now. It'd be more so to sign the players you still have that you want to bring back and young guys that are RFAs and the UFAs you want to bring back just for a year that help you depth wise. Um, there's a couple things. We got a couple fun segments for you today. And also, so we yeah. move on to our next team on deep dives, which is the Calgary Flames. We are in the seas now. Uh, yes. But I think I can start off with the biggest thing from this week. And that started this week off hockey wise. And that was the retirement of Mike Doc Emmerich from uh, doing play-by-play uh, for NBC Sports, which uh, will be missed. I will say that. Um, yeah, he'll definitely be missed dearly. I know um, he's been getting, gosh, thousands of emails, calls, texts, everything, um, just about you know thanking him for all of his time in the NHL. He oh, he yeah. has broadcasted professionally in the nhl for about 47 years but as a broadcaster in general he's been broadcasting for 50 years um Mm -hmm. huge congratulations to doc and uh his voice will sorely be missed in the nhl my guess is uh the person who's next in line for nbc sports would be john forsland um that's my guess want to throw any other names out there it'd be tough because his schedule's always everywhere kenny albert you can argue Kenny, you could argue, but again, but he's already got so much on his plate. He does baseball and football as well. So, occasionally hockey, but plus, Mm -hmm. I'll put it this way John Forslund, 
he did not uh, get a contract renewal by the Carolina Hurricanes for some reason, which is really dumb. So mm-hmm. his availability had, will yeah. be uh, open. So he more likely would be, especially if you if people were watching this playoffs for the most part in the East. And there's only certain times where Doc, until the Stanley Cup and Conference Finals, where Doc mm-hmm. was actually doing games and John Forsman was part of that number one team. So if I had to guess, that's yeah. going to happen. And it was, a, it and was he did, he did gonna, such a nice job with it. I, I mm-hmm. thought he was awesome. And honestly, you know who else you could throw in there? Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico oh, yeah. I, I love Mike Tirico. But he, Mike Tirico he is, is good. man. I, it's, Let's be honest here. Yeah. If we're talking, Mike Tirico is there for MC Sports for when Al Michaels retires and he takes Al Michaels' spot for Sunday night football. If I had to guess, yeah. that's who I'm. Probably, yeah, no, but I, I love but Mike again, Tirico. He does, Mike Tirico's another one. He does everything. He'll do golf. He'll do, uh, I think he did like a Kentucky Derby and all that stuff. Obviously, football, hockey. Yeah. I'm assuming he might have done baseball here and there. I doubt it. Cause Probably wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure if he was on um, ESPN before, he might have done yeah. baseball here and there. But anyway, but he was on all that after. Sorry, go ahead. Just, I was just going to say a couple things just about Doc Emmerich. Just yeah, go for it. We know so many iconic play-by-play broadcasting types, and normally when you think of them, you think baseball because baseball probably is the most iconic broadcasters. You don't even have to go far for our sake for baseball. Go Harry Callis and all those big names, other ones. But there were so few that are you know the voice and you know it's that sport. He's the voice for that sport. Not every sport has that. Football has many different broadcasters. Baseball, too. Obviously, you can probably argue John Buck, Joe Buck, sorry. And then, mm-hmm. but still, it's not the same. When you hear Doc's voice or heard Doc's voice, you knew, one, it was an important game because he was on it, either because of the matchup, rivalry-wise, the game was going to be a fun game. There was a key element to the game that made him the reason for being there. Uh, especially during a long season, he's not going to do every NBC Sports yeah. sort of, every N- NBC Sports game. It would only be kind of the either Wednesday night games or if there was a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, weekends, anything like classic. That. Yeah, obviously. But you knew when he came on, you're like, oh, this is actually a big game. We got Doc. Yeah, and the, that's yeah the it, one it was always a rare treat. And the reason why I like Doc and even I mean, even as famous as Doc is, uh, Michael's probably has the most infamous hockey quote line ever, and that's from the 84 Olympics. 80. Miracles. 80. 80. 80. I always get that one. Boo, Michael, boo. I was right in there decade. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I'll give you that. Either way. I'm just saying he was he had the most iconic line yeah, line the most iconic broadcaster in the sport hands down stock. Oh, absolutely. and most of those other ones in baseball, it was locally the team's local kind of broadcaster was that. But te- people mm-hmm. knew who they were just nationally, but none of them were the this the ambassador kind of speaker for the sport like Doc was. That's why you yeah. see Doc, and I'm sure even in his retirement, you're going to see it more. And doing these like art, this these speeches, these essays, these long poetic things of him, just because he's so great with his words. And the thing that I like about him and Mike Tirico 
and even Al Michaels and uh, what's his face, uh, Bob Costas, those mm -hmm. guys broadcasting wise, you can tell they're so into what they're doing and it doesn't come off as being phony. The one thing I hate, and if you're gonna take an advice from an underachiever such as myself and you're, you're going into the broadcasting thing, the one thing I hate is when you put on like a voice, like that broadcaster voice, I hate that. Just be yourself, just have your voice come out there. Those were guys to me that they didn't have to, their voices were already so iconic and they didn't do, have, have to do anything for it to translate. And Doc was one of them, at least to me. No, absolutely. And that's very well said, Mike. Cause, um, and you're right, you know, like a lot of broadcasters, they, they try to find that so-called broadcasting voice. And, and yeah. you know, like, like when I broadcast the games for my, my college and everything, that was one of the things that I was thinking about is, do I want to have a broadcasting voice or do I, do I just want to boom my regular voice? And, you know, and um, there were moments where I changed it like the slightest, but that was because of like the excitement where yeah. like I, you know, I changed my voice. Like, oh, I have broadcast, but as it wasn't the slightest. But other I than that, basically as as how I'm talking right too, now is how I broadcast the games. Yeah. As long as you don't sound too like fake. Maybe you're like, okay, yeah, this right. doesn't sound like a voice that would come out of your mouth. It doesn't, sound, it's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's, but uh, no, but for, for Doc Emmerich, though, he, he did so much for the game. Um, he broadcasted, or he, he was a part of 22 Stanley Cup finals. The man has about 150, 152 different ways to describe the movement of the puck. Um, and he has done so much for the game. He'll be greatly missed. I actually uh, recently posted an article for Sports Talk Philly. You can check it out on their website. Uh, it's titled To the Man Who Inspired the World of Hockey. And I just want to grab a quick quote here from my article. Um, he said in, in my first interview I had with him back in 2014, I lead it off with the article. It's a noble thing to aspire to. We don't cure people of dire ills and illnesses in our line of work, but I think we do something else that's heartening for not only people who listen, but also for us. We take their minds off of their troubles in the world for two and a half to three hours. And if they're fans, they focus an awful lot of their enjoyment in life on following their team and their athletes. And so we're not the players. We're not that important. It's between the fans and the players. And there is a responsibility there that enables us to treat it like a profession rather than like a hobby. That's just one of the, the most Mike Doc Emmer quotes you'll ever hear. Yeah. And, 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 and he was just, those are the things you're going to miss when you, yeah. you're hearing from him. And I'm sure he even said in his retirement essay, whatever you want to call it thing that he, he'll do these every once in a while if asked upon him. Just because he's so good with his words, good at, at articulating them. That he's the ultimate wordsmith. Even just interviewing you, no, no offense, but you aren't the biggest of names or anything. He'll still well, obviously give you, not. No offense, but like he'll still give you the true, authentic Mike Doc Emmerich moment. And again... I was an 18-year-old college student when I interviewed him, and that I that quote that I just mentioned right there, that was from that first interview. And it was yeah. just incredible just getting to yeah. listen to him and just – it was the best. But I'll cherish the moments I had with him in person, and uh, we spent a few yeah. lunches together, and uh, just it, – it's so, so amazing just being able to get to, to talk with him, just listen to him. One of the coolest moments was 
I got to sit in a row right behind him, and I got to watch how he uh, would prepare for his broadcast during the morning skate. Uh, I, I did this two two times before. There was the first time I did it. It was uh, an NBC game. I can't remember. It was uh, I think 2017. I think it was December December or January. I think. And I get to I went down in the morning to Philly, watched the morning skate. But I sat a row or two behind him and watched him just prepare the morning skate, write down notes, and just it, it was one of the coolest things to do as a broadcaster and just a hockey mm-hmm. fan in general. Yeah. Uh, but so hats off to Doc, though. Uh, let's let's move along. Though we got a good amount to talk about that's left. Yeah. Um, the rest is where do you want to go from here, Mike? Actually, there is some league-wide stuff I just wanted to bring up just because they actually yeah. happened today. Um, and this is from Elliot Freeman. He has a a uh, thread on this on uh, Twitter, and it's just there was a GM meeting today. And they talked about a couple of things and just kind of there some of these things I kind of want to get your thoughts on too, but I'm just going to read each thing just now and we'll go back to each individual one and just talk about them individually. Um, yeah, first go for one it. Start, Let me bring up as well. That way it can help um, all along. But uh, so yeah, why don't you go ahead and get started was, on that thread while I bring for it up. Anyone, for just to help you, he tweeted this out at three in the afternoon today and it's the 23rd of October. Um, so the first tweet is uh, NHL and its GMs finished their meeting last meeting last hour. Their meeting last hour. Things to know: no certainty about starting date slash format for the 2020-2021 playoffs or season. Too many unknowns, border, etc., to commit to anything. And although conversations with NHLPA return to play committee should begin in uh, begin in next while. Uh, that was the first tweet. Second tweet is, there was an in-depth conversation about the draft lottery. There are teams that would like to see a change in the format. NHL asked for specific proposals, and we will see where that goes. And this the third one. There's an appetite to begin the season with something special from a unique site, like Lease was discussed, uh, but that won't be possible. But that kind of idea just think it's as a starting point for the season. That's that's not his tweet. That was just my interpretation of what that tweet meant. And then the last, this last tweet, which is January first, remains the the target date as the NHL indicated yesterday. But again, no guarantees. And obviously, a lot of this depends on how the virus and all of this goes. The hardest part will be, and I saw this was a, a potential thing, which was a whole Canadian division. Just because border-wise, it's just going to be almost impossible to try to do that. Just for the playoffs, they had to get special permission just to bring these teams over into Canada. Yeah. But the one thing I'm more I want to start these things off with, and we'll get to the uh, the season actually starting. But the second tweet he had about the draft lottery. Um, I was hoping you would bring that one up first. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one because they literally just because they just changed it in 2016 from the draft lottery be for the first overall to the first three. And my only thought is the teams that are complaining or that have this issue and wanting it changed are the people that are kind of annoyed that the Rangers and the Blackhawks and the Devils always somehow get it, always somehow get it. Oh, and the Oilers. 
and the Oilers too, yeah. but and more recent in the past couple. Since no, for sure. Three. No, that, those that's teams, exactly right. And Detroit, especially, I wouldn't be surprised. Not, not throwing anything out there, but I wouldn't be surprised. If, I'm saying this if I was Detroit. I really want the money. Oh, I sure. really got screwed from this draft lottery. Not that I'm not upset with the guy who was drafted because he's most likely going to be a really good player. But yeah, I had a really bad year. Realistically, I would have liked the top three pick. Just saying. I'll, I'll put it this way. That's a great point, Mike, because if I'm Detroit, again, so they had a fourth overall pick when they had the best odds to win the first overall pick. Uh, they got fourth. They drafted Lucas Raymond, who's going to be a star. There's no doubt about that. This kid is a stud. However, the fact that they got screwed out of a chance of drafting Alexi Lafreniere, oh, man, oh, yeah. man. Probable, probable rookie of the year right there. I'm telling you. He is an elite star. He's, favorite. he's going to be the favorite right off the bat. Uh, Lafreniere, he's an all-around complete player. So if I'm Detroit, I would not be surprised if you know if I was in Detroit shoes. I personally would have a fit because again, just getting screwed every year. You know, there's no point. Um, again, look at Ottawa. You had two picks. That were three and five, and you didn't win the first overall pick. The uh, amount, the odds that you had were greater than I think all of them uh, for the first and second picks itself. Yeah, and the fact that again, New York ended up with a top two pick the two years in a row. It's Chicago, they yeah. ended up with uh, pretty high picks. New Jersey. They've had two first overall picks last year in the last couple, couple years, years. I mean, Philadelphia. And then this right. year they There's had another seven team overall, that got, but still. Yeah. Because the realistic thing I, I think there's still some tweaking that they need to get done. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, clearly. It needs work. But in unfortunately, until we know how to fix it, this is the best thing we've got. That's um, why it's, he even added this to it. It's just uh, – um, yeah. And so I specific think proposal I, I for do what think they need some work. Where I'm curious to see what the proposals are. I would I'm all open to some ideas because I don't like the fact that these teams where they've gotten because realistically top speaking, picks, the Rangers didn't really have to do a rebuild. They got no, lucky. They they literally New they York got and people Kaku want to play in New York. Alexi Lafreniere through the draft. They traded mm-hmm. signed last year. They got free agency. They traded for Truba. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has their own different interpretation for how teams should do a rebuild, but didn't really. They, there was a little, earn, there was a little bit of luck on that one. You, oh, they're hundred percent luck. You didn't really earn those picks enough. Like, sure, the the Kapokaka pick, whatever, that's fine, but Lafreniere. That's just mm-hmm. pure luck. How do you go from making entering in the 2014 playoff to getting that first overall pick? I think, I again, know. what they should have done is wait until the qualifying rounds were over and then go from there. Yeah, I know it wouldn't have been Team E. It would have made the process a lot easier. I think teams would – or people and just fans in general would have been uh, – you know, had that as a preference over how it actually played out because – we at least knew what that mystery team was and thought, okay, at least we know 
it's a little bit better. But the way yeah. Batman handled it from the beginning, it was kind of a crapshoot. So I don't know. It's, I don't know. But I'll put it this way. as At least Lafreniere went to a team that actually needs him. Unlike Pittsburgh, unlike Edmonton, unlike Chicago. Yeah. So am I thrilled Lafreniere went to the Rangers? Of course not. Am I thrilled he didn't go to the Penguins? Absolutely. Because that would just piss me that's off. That's who you thought he was I, going I, to. I think I would have been almost done with hockey if that happened. Because that's just a load of crap. And that's when you would have – I feel like you would have had more people have a little more uprise if the Penguins – Like, literally, the, the, the Penguins, again, at, you know, they were, what, the third best team in the Metro? That doesn't mm-hmm. scream as a team who needs the first overall pick. No. I mean, in a couple years, say, when – Mulkin and Crosby retire, and there's yeah, but that's in a couple of years. We're talking exactly. about now, they don't need them now, they don't need any top picks now. No. The moment they start declining, they... Crosby and Mulkin are done. That's when you can argue, sure, they might need some picks until they start that's missing they the playoffs. They don't need picks. top picks, yeah. That's why they typically trade those. And again, away. they don't even have their first round picks because they're trading them all the time, so it doesn't even matter. All right, yeah. Um, January 1st, that is the target date still. Uh, mm-hmm. David Pagnotta tweeted out an hour ago. He was told by a high-ranking source an 82-game regular season is still realistic if the season starts in or around January 1st, ending mid mid or towards the end of July. There are clearly numerous factors in play, travel, fans, etc. Uh, but the NHL wants to maximize the amount of games in 2020-2021. The late, the latter, uh, sorry, the, the later the NHL regular season begins, the more likely we'll see a reduced schedule. Many options have been outlined, but as mentioned, the league's goal is to get as many games into its uh, 2020 2021 season as it can. He suspects we're still a few weeks at least from any decision. Um, I would prefer if you get all 82 games, um, in the season that way. Next year, or even just the following year, won't even get altered even more. Think about it. Uh, we only played 60-some games. Not everyone even played the same amount of games. It's anywhere from 59 to 62. Everyone didn't play the same amount of games. You have to make sure you have a fair amount of games. Not only that, if you delay this year's amount of games, it's because, again, uh, last year, you know, going to this year and everything, it's already affecting this upcoming year's schedule. But now what you really have to worry about, you got to make sure you don't affect next year's schedule of 2021-2022. And I'm afraid with the way things might go, that's going to happen. They're going to delay even and you more. Might have to, and and just, because of that, you may have to uh, delay the expansion draft because that's supposed to be next summer. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're apparently they're fully expecting Seattle to come next year, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's trust. I would love to get all eighty-two games in. There's a lot of factors, I, though. Can each, you know, team play in their own arenas with minimal to no fans? I think that's I mean, right issue. now. Yeah. I think you're going to – I think that would be fine. It just – don't even think about having fans. Just don't risk that. Yeah. And if it's me, the bigger problem would be the border. 
you got a bunch of teams in Canada. Yeah. And there's going to a lot of teams. The only thing more than likely there's only seven have. teams that are seven Canadians. And it's the only thing I can think of. And this is going to be tough, though. You got to figure out a way that either somehow make it so, um, you know, either, yeah, unless they just have them play. Well, in I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't have an answer because it's seven teams in Canada. What are you going to do? Just not have all you know, the Canada teams play or just play each other or what? Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. I mean, it'll be easier one. Unless the only thing I can think of is the U.S. teams go to Canada and only in Canada stays put. I, I don't know. So. You already successfully um, did the playoffs in about, this past year. So. Yeah, but I was going to say, uh, actually, before we move on to a quick segment here, do you have any other quick um, t- um, points you want to bring up about the schedule, hopefully starting on uh, in January 1st, uh, by the latest, in January? I'll say this. If it does start in January, I'm curious if you see a potential uptick in viewership. The only reason why I say that is because by that time, football will be winding down. You'd be in the playoffs yep. by that point. And I'm assuming the NBA would still be around then, too. And people are still going to watch sports because they want to drown out some of the all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. So I wouldn't be surprised there's a potential for that. And I think then I think Gary Bettman might think that as well. That's probably why you see them finish the playoffs last year the way they did and all that. So yeah. And while you almost had the draft happen before earlier rather than later. Because he wanted to capitalize on that. But I did see this. Yeah, well, by Elliot and a recent Elliot Freeman 31 thoughts, I thought it was, about the potential of Gary Bettman retiring or something like that. That would be an early Christmas present. Holy smokes, I would love that. Yeah. Um, I, I forget what it was rewarded. And I, I just remember seeing it in one of his, not this last, his latest one, but it was a week or two ago. You yeah. mentioned something about it because of uh, oh, it was after um, just it was after somebody retired. That they oh, Niskanen probably. Maybe Niskanen, maybe um, Williams. Oh, true. Yeah, I didn't think about Justin Williams. I almost want to say it was a different outside of a different sport. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's just a fun thought to think about that you have the NHL with Mary Gary Bettman, but you know. Oh god, that would be a blessing. It would be. But uh the bad man's uh, gonna have do you want to rant first or do you wanna have a fun segment first? Um, I wanna because I was gonna say since we were talking about Canada for a split second there, I wanna bring up a very interesting topic. it's gonna be a quick one. It's regarding the Montreal Canadiens and with Claude Julien and now former Montreal Canadian Max Domi. So there was an article posted by Bardown.com where Claude Julien explained apparently why the Canadians essentially traded Max Domi. 
he said in his, uh, a recent Zoom interview, uh, which is, I think, the first time he's spoken with the media in quite some time. I remember he had that health scare during the first round of playoffs, um, you know, against the Flyers. Uh, so good to see him these times well there. It's a little harder to try to get media yeah. availability to do for sure this kind of thing. So absolutely, but glad he's doing okay. But basically, he said. Uh, Domi was not demoted to the fourth line for what he wasn't doing, but rather what some of the other team's young players were doing. Notably, uh, Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Katakanimi, uh, you know, during Domi's absence. Because remember, Domi is a type 1 diabetic. He also, according to the article, has um, a – I'm trying to botch this one. So I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Celiac disease. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but celiac. Some, sure, celiac. something like it. Sure, that one. Uh, but basically, some kind of disease, and uh, it took him an additional week in July to decide whether or not it would be safe for him to join the team for training camp. Now, Julian said the following again uh, with in his first Zoom call with the media on the situation. We talk about Nick Suzuki, Isbury, Katakani, two young centers that the organization really wants them to succeed. When we started training camp, obviously Max wasn't there for the first week, so we put our group together. We started, and all of a sudden, we see both these guys, especially Katsuki and Amy, really doing well. So, um, I don't know how much of this is just Julian going to the media and just kind of just brushing it off as saying, oh, it, it was nothing, just the young stars or young kids, you know, who are playing really, really well. That's it. But when Max Domi, he was asked about his relationship with Claude Julian, and this is uh, quite some time ago, he said, I'd rather not get into that. So clearly there was some sort of miscommunication between the two. Obviously Domi isn't thrilled that he was playing on, on the fourth line and then even at times was scratched. Um, probably, honestly, that's probably what it does. Probably, yeah. But, you know, just – Causes uh, the relationship to to break a bit, and uh, you know, not good there. Yeah. But uh, so and I don't doubt know he actually demanded a trade, but I almost wonder if he was just like, whatever, just trade me. Not like yeah. I want, I want out of here. I don't want to play in Montreal anymore. It's more like you. Yeah. I don't know if my future is really here. Right, that kind of thing. Because he was a free agent after all. He was an RFA. He was but, an RFA, yeah. And now he's playing Columbus. So. Yes. Um, so that was that. All right. Uh, there is uh, a few other segments, Mike, that I know you want to get to. I, I think they're great segments that we can talk about. Which one do you want to start with first? Let's do a rant and then cheer up by uh, my other segment. All right. That sounds good. Because this one still really, it kind of goes for next season, but just in general, it came out the other, it came out yesterday, I think. Um, yeah. But you know how Jeff and I love when NHL.com do, uh, do these uh, Super 16 teams, essentially. Uh, yeah. They were saying this is the uh, early power ranking for next season, as they were saying, but it was more. Super six teams, uh, six top teams through uh, start of free agency or whatever. Um, and if you really look at this list, 
And I'm assuming this is just what they think for next season, what they think about that. Like, I don't even know what they're a, thinking is. Just I don't know. I'll say this. Um, if you truly think um, St. Louis isn't five anymore, Corey Cruz is good, fine defenseman, but what you gained and what you lost in Petrangelo is huge. Yeah. I don't think you're – I don't think they're a top five. I think they're probably still going to make the playoffs because Blues in the West isn't that great. Um, and maybe they'll be a top three. Or, yeah, top three in the Central. But outside of that, I don't – on this list, they have them at five, which – I'd put them at lower, but that's just me. Um, right. Obviously, number one is, I feel like the first, naturally, I'd probably switch it, but um, and it probably depends on your opinion on that. But their top three, or this is how their top five goes. From five to one, it goes the St. Louis Blues, Dallas Stars, Vegas Florida Knights, Colorado Avalanche, and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think the obvious is the Lightning, but just the obvious one. They obviously won the cup last year, and with the Lightning, they're still just as good as they were last year. Even losing Shattenkirk, and uh, it's really all they lost. I think it was just Shattenkirk. They didn't um, lose too many pieces, yeah. And then, if it were me, I'd actually say it's flip, but they have Colorado that you can easily make the uh, case for Colorado just because they did add Brandon Saad. They added. Uh, someone else too they had a lot of depth pieces that they were missing before yeah they had um, a more depth than they had before i'll put it that way yeah uh and honestly i had actually put vegas above colorado but that's just that's what i was thinking myself i'm not i love colorado added, uh more than anyone you just added petrangelo to right with robin leonard cruz and a really really good probably the best goalie tandem Going for next season in Robin Leonard Flurry. So I'll put it this way: Petrangelo on the blue line. Yeah, there's hits and misses on under each team. The miss, this one, honestly, it's just stupid. Uh, So when they traded Nikita Zadorov to the Blackhawks to acquire Brandon Saad, and it says Zadorov led the Avalanche and hit each of the past four seasons. Cool. Who cares? Yeah, it's a hit hit column. Whoop de doo. I mean, I don't know how like how effective his hits are, um, I mean, and like, if he's causing turnovers. If he's causing turnovers, that's one thing. But if it's just hits, cool. Find someone else who can hit. And it's not that I'll big say, of a deal. It's not. Who cares? I'll say this. Um, so I don't get that. It's dumb. Brendan Saad's a fine depth player, but yeah, he he's going to be on the bottom six anyway for Colorado. I know, but. The thing that does kind of annoy me, and I get why they do it, just because, oh, this person won the cup, this one person won the cup, so it's going to be a hit because he was on this team. Cool. He won two cups with the Blackhawks. Cool. And the other hits, he scored at least 21 goals in five of the past six NHL seasons. Cool. That's great for a depth player, but, and that's all they really need because they don't need any more top end talent for Colorado. No. And for Vegas' sake, I gotta say they're dude, they're they're leaner than they were before. Yeah. I'll say this. They actually may be my Stanley Cup favorite for next season. 
And that's a very valid point. It's it's easy to really pick them because how can you not, you know? I mean, more it's probably not going to happen because it really happens that number one versus number one face each other in the playoffs just because the playoffs are so random and at yeah. random times in, in the NHL. So that's really how often does that really happen. But you could easily see yeah. Colorado and Vegas battling it out. Yeah. But, I mean, Dallas beat Colorado last year, which I, yes, yeah. I predicted correctly. Good for you. beat Colorado. Good for um, you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe you had the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. okay. I'm not okay. going to lie. Uh, Dallas just the- took it right to Colorado, and they almost blew it, but they held on. I'll say this, too. Uh, what Dallas had done was what usually it's how St. Louis won two, or not two years ago. You want to say that last year? Um, as they had a hot goalie, when you get a hot not, goalie, yeah, going, not only that, but all the way, the team just got all the, all the way, but it took them close to it. And for and that happened with Vegas the year before with Flurry, obviously, yeah. Bennington with the Blues in the playoffs. Yep, 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 yep. It happens. So, sixthly, this is where I had this is the bigger issue I had. I quickly, oh, when I first is, saw yes. this list. When I first this saw this just, list, oh my lord! When I first saw this list, this is the reason why I texted you this is because I just skimmed through it. I'm like, why is uh, not saying Washington, Washington's still probably going to make the playoffs, more than likely still going to be the top yeah, three. Yeah, but are you? In the are, Metro, are, but is the uh, NHL really saying that? <laughs> is the NHL really saying that they are the? Sixth best team in the NHL. Is that what they're saying? Don't worry, Jeff. They went down one position since June 4th. Oh, oh, okay. So here's the thing hit added depth at defenseman by signing Stanley Cup champions Justin (laughs) Schultz and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. TBR, he's he's a good defenseman, but Justin Schultz, he's a good depth. You understand he's a turnover machine. You understand the guy cannot play hockey. Except for the other team, of course. You know how happy so, Flyers fans were that Justin Schultz and Jack Johnson are still on the Metro? Oh, my God. They're jumping for joy. Oh, not only that, Cody CC's on the Penguins, so people are happy oh, about yeah. that, too. So, yeah, no. And again, this is another one of those things. The hit is because Justin Schultz won a cup. So what? He won cool. a cup with the Penguins. The guy too. sucks at hockey. He can't play. He's a turnover machine. He played – he and Johnson last year in the playoffs were awful as a pair. It was fun to watch those guys. It was oh, yeah, hysterical. If you, yeah, if you hit the Penguins, yeah, it was fun to watch. But if you're a Penguins so fan, fun. you hated it. And if you're a Capitals fan, um, you hope it's – I had time of my life watching those guys. Yeah. And really, the even though Hopi did not play great last year, no, he, he he had his moments, but he, he didn't look great. Yeah, um, but, but no, so they do have a call. They have they they get they they did bring in Hank for a backup, but I think which is kind of neat though. I, I kind of like that. It, it's so uh, do I. It's different, um, but I think, it'll I think be there's going to be and the reason why I think they're still going to be just as good. But I'd say the Flyers are better than the Capitals just on paper, but even. Losing Niskanen, I still think they'd be. They have depth. They have, they have a lot. 
that Capitals have a little depth, but not a lot. And it's compared to the Flyers, have, they don't have that much depth. Yeah, and the thing that'll happen is I'm sure there's going to be a Bobby Lat factor that when he gets in there, shoot, yeah, I forgot Bobby well. went there. Now I'm sad. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't mean much. The last couple of years in Nashville for Bobby wasn't the best, and usually how his things go is when he first gets to somewhere, at least they have went to Philadelphia and uh, and Nashville. Nashville. Is when he first gets there, they're Once just they on fire. They go really, they get hot, and then after a while, it's kind of not completely falls off, but it doesn't really. It kind of plateaus a bit. It doesn't really right. go up any. It doesn't really go down any. It just kind of stays still. There's not a lot of wiggle room there, so it just. And when you're not getting to the next level, it's in hockey more than any other sport. Yeah. It's coaches or fire them like it's a little year. okay all right you, you gotta do something fellas yeah. you can't just I, I will say this i think uh ov is gonna thrive and oh my god yeah are you kidding dude he, he's gonna just be like partying all over again with lobby and he gets another fan he gets another van ringstack just a brother yes he does <laughs> yes he does uh seven is boston honestly for me i know they lost I'm sure. Krug. Yeah, they lost Krug, which is huge. Um, oh, yeah, that's another big reason. This is something we didn't even bring up yet, but it is huge. The injuries and surgeries yep. for Brad Marshawn and David Pasternak. Also, there was one other guy on there. I, it's uh, it was once it was, Charlie McAvoy, I believe. It was McAvoy, but McAvoy will be ready for the season. Um, and we've got... Marshawn, sports hernia, Pasternak, hip. They're both going to miss the start of the season after they each had surgery in September. I think Marshawn – If the season starts in January. And at the end of the day, the more important games are at the end of the season, beginning of the season, if you're going to miss any time, the better time to miss it is the beginning of the season. Yeah. Now, because of this and because of the talent or the teams that got slightly better – I think that might affect Boston a bit, but I still think they're going to be – they're probably still going to end up being second in the Atlantic. Probably. Um, yeah. Just because even – it just depends, and especially for Boston, because Flyers fans know this more than any others when, obviously, Gilbert they've had it and uh, Drew had his hip surgery and they just weren't yeah. the same the next year. No, they really weren't. So, so honestly, for those guys, expect – Expect a rough start the year, if not even just an off year for them. Yeah, not trying to be that person, but it's true. Like it changes how you play for the. You gotta adjust to it, and you mm-hmm. know, and maybe these guys can adjust to it. We'll see. But it's just if they don't put up the numbers you're used to seeing, don't be surprised. That's all. Don't they? Who did they? Oh yeah, they added. No. Yeah, Craig. Oh, yeah, they added Craig Smith to actually a really do good deal. For me. That doesn't do anything for me either, but it's a good deal for – Yeah, no, it's just a solid deal, yeah. For a depth guy, sure, um, why not? Your defense got a little worse. I don't know what's going to happen with Charles. Yeah, so um, they lost out on uh, Krug. They didn't sign Petrangelo. They are probably going to lose Chara. Yeah, they're, uh, they're not in a good spot. Yeah. Definitely don't have that. Not a lot of money, I don't think. In no. 
we did look at the uh podcasts ago we did do our deep dive on boston um, yeah it was before the free agency happened so yes. a lot of the moves that happened but we did have i think even before that we had that thought of if troy crew were to leave but it was if he was going to get traded if that was going to be big gloss and it is which then just puts a lot more pressure on that blue line yes and it does and how much of an impact if char doesn't come back he had on this team in general i think his leadership's going to be missing greatly i said the same thing with st louis because you're just you just lost your captain he did you just lost That's your captain. Uh, arguably the top three defensemen in the league. You just lost. Yeah, they're the decent defenseman. Troy Cruz good, but it's not insane. He's not Petrangelo. Because no. not only that, but, you know, uh, Cruz plays with a huge freaking, you know, chip on his shoulder. He plays with, like, a boulder on his shoulder because he's so small, too. But let's be honest, though. The size – difference between him and Alex Petrangelo is crazy. Like Petrangelo is a monster. He is. And I will say this, even though we are Flyers fans, and I'm not saying, yeah. oh, the Flyers should be number one because I think they're the best team. I don't think they're the best team. But I'm also, no, they're not. in my fandom, I'm more realistic and realize when you say your team is the best team and you're own, number one on these lists, you have a certain expectation for the next season. Yes. And if I'm I probably put the Flyers at eight, maybe even seven, eight, six, possibly. There. Losing Niskanen's pretty. It's pretty. It hurts. Yeah. Place. It hurts just for the top pair. But if you just replace him with Myers, and I think Myers has a great outside to him. Myers and Provorov could be a very good dynamic first pair. Yeah. Uh, Gustafson, like I said, when I first signed him, it wasn't my favorite or created for him. Or, no, we signed him. Sorry. No, we so, signed him. We signed him. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite move, but I get it. He's offensive. The, I think the thought is just because of how much they like getting uh, defense up in the zone, uh, up on the rush and everything. It's like they thought Gustin would fit nicely. And if, again, take this into a grain of salt, Jeff Fletcher's uh, comments on, because he mentioned both him and Ghost, which if you're saying that, maybe Ghost does play, but. I've been toying with just going back and forth. If that was the case, and also still, uh, still a long time to go in the offseason, there still could be a trade here and there, but yeah, we'll see. But if that was true, Ghost would have played more in the playoffs. Right. And I know Ghost and Braun didn't work, but Hag and Braun didn't really work either. No. Not at all. And Don't be worried, Yeah. I'd like it if that was true in his comments that Gibbs does play too, but we'll see. I think Gustafson also helps that um, you don't have to worry about Braun being on the second pair. Because they could right. just throw Gustafson there. That's not the worst thing. You just have him with Sanheim. And then yeah. Braun with point. either Ghost or Hague, and whoever wants that spot gets that spot. And obviously, this is sparring any trades or any other moves. Right. Which at this point, nothing's obviously happened yet, but yeah. You know, all season's not over yet. So there's still time. Um, I'm just a little high for me. I want to put them at nine. Yeah, I'm not even putting them in the top 10. Are you kidding me? 
I'm not even putting from, them in top 10. It is well documented my uh, hatred for this team. So uh, I don't even hate them that one, as much as you do, Mike, but oh my God, I'm, I'm not even putting them in the top 10. One. They're not even worth the top 15. I don't know why Ely, why is Ely working a hit? Why is that a hit? Then again, they're a team that it doesn't matter for goaltending because of how they their system runs. And the reason why the team works so well, why it works so well in the playoffs, is because Barzell is really good. Who still has yet to sign his contract? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, they're still just a team. Like I don't know how they're good. It's just one of those uh, things. Yeah. Don't get it. So number ten though is just as laughable. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Why are they 10? Literally, the Pittsburgh Islanders and Crosby. the Islanders shouldn't even be in the top 15. I'd say top 15, but I wouldn't say top 10. Top 15 is a bit of a stretch, though. Top 10, absolutely not even. Not even the only reason why I say it's not that much of a stretch is even though he's not the same, you still have to give the credit to Crosby and what that can still do. And also that you don't, you already know who the starter is. Jari. And if Jari can have a similar year to last year, or at least play better than yeah. he did near, uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs when he did play, maybe I could see it. Um, I could see them being three. I can see them, like you said, missing the playoffs. The Metro is really tight. Yeah. It's a very tight uh, division. Also, keep in mind, they traded Patrick Ronquist. So there yeah. goes some of that they that they very tight in too. Yeah, they, they've got got Kapanen back, so. Uh, number 11, Carolina. I would have put them a little higher, but that's just me. I agree. Um, they burned out way too quickly in the playoffs to my liking. Plus, again, t- uh, not Tavu. Um, Andre Svechnikov, he, he got hurt again. So that mm-hmm. that's a tiny bit concerning. He, he's been having some pretty big injuries. Especially in the that's team, really what, the that's what that's what really hurt him is he went down. Yeah, that's yeah. But I'll, I'll say this though, and again, broken record, they're going to be under the next team on our list. So I don't want to get too too in on Cal, uh, Carolina. Cause yeah, we'll be talking about them on the next podcast. But they didn't really take advantage of the goaltender market. No, they didn't at all. And I, I really I expected them to be a lot busier. They didn't do enough. They did I not do trust, enough. I still can't really trust them with those goaltenders. It's, they have a they have a really good team. It's just the goaltending that gives me worry. Yeah, and, and that's fair. That's a very fair they will, argument. They, I do think there's a slight. They do mention Justin Williams retiring as a slight miss. As a miss, but I say it's maybe a slight miss, more so just his veteran, just his presence in the locker room more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, number 12, I might actually put these guys up a little higher. I'm putting um, them higher, and- Vancouver. Holy crap, they play great, especially because mm-hmm. of someone named Thatcher Demko. And one in a couple games, yeah. Hey, um, but they brought in. Great. Uh, yeah, but they also brought in. Uh, for some reason, Brandon uh, Hopi. Honestly, it's more so protection move, so that way they can, I think, just keep 
uh, Demko protected compared to Holtby in the expansion drafts when that yeah. rolls around. And I guess their thinking also is let's just try to see what we can do with this tandem because there's a there's it's a, a solid tandem. tandem. Hey, honestly, let Holtby, uh, you know, help mentor uh, Demko go from there. Yeah. Yes, you still have Elias Patterson and all that. So where the Quinn Hughes? I thought Tanner Pearson. No, never mind. Um, why did I think Tanner Pearson left? I guess Pearson. He was no, he's on there. Are you still there? Yeah, he's still there. Okay. Yeah, they're they're a solid team. I thought they were going to take them a little East longer. Toronto. I thought it would take them a little longer to uh, get there. Yeah. I'm actually, I think, I think that's a good spot for losers, I may twelve or thirteen for me is fine. But I will say this: I think they are the sleeper from so far in this off season. For Toronto, they address, yeah, Toronto, yeah. They addressed their yeah. defense. They got TJ Brody. He's a solid defenseman. They you got Zach Bogosian as depth uh, defenseman. Mm-hmm. You added Joe Thornton, who wanted to come here and took a pay cut to come here. You've got Wayne Simmons, who I think is still producers. Yeah, there's Jimmy VC. Um, <laughs> Jimmy um, there was the slight rumor a little bit that they might move on from. Uh, Frederick Anderson, but that doesn't seem to be something that's going to happen. They've been kicking those tires, I feel like, for a, a, like this whole offseason. I've been hearing nothing, but, oh, he could go here. He could go there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, though. But I'll say this. It's still that's not a terrible tandem. you got uh, Campbell backing him up, so it's at least going to leave some pressure. Campbell did quite well, actually, as uh, for uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. too. He did. Again, they're probably still going to be third in the in the Atlantic. Um, I'll say this: they could maybe if they're playing Boston, they could maybe steal a series. Because I think it would be tough. But I again, it's going to have to be seven. It's going to have to be seven. It'll always be seven. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It always goes six or seven. I don't think they uh, have a chance uh, during you know. Yeah, uh, just a you know regular series. They can't beat them in like five or six, for example. It's not Only doable. Three more them. teams on this list. Uh, the next one being Edmonton. Probably about where I'd have them, maybe a little lower, just because it's literally just Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Not only that, they did not address the gold thing at all. I'm bumping them down. Yeah. Also, yeah, they're stuck with Mike Smith. They did add um, whatever reason. Uh, they add, they did add Tyson Barry to the defense. It doesn't really help them defensively, but it just kind of helps them more offensively. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're still missing a good. They're still missing a winger. They're still missing a lot. Yeah. From Edmonton. Uh, a slight preview for later. Number fifteen is Calgary. Yeah. Um, all right. Um. They did. They did get Markstrom, which I think is pretty huge. That was um, big. Uh, I think again, we'll Brody's, go over. I think TJ Brody will be a bigger loss. That's the biggest loss for them, for, them, for sure. Uh, I just want to keep that brief because we're going to go on the longer thing on them. I guess want to 
wrap this up quickly so we can talk about our next segment without it uh, being shrunk. And number 16 is uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is where it gets a little tricky. Because um, other teams that they said are receiving points that are also in here, the Rangers, Canadians, Predators, Sabres, for some reason, uh, Wild, and the Jets. Well, yeah, I guess maybe the Blue Jackets just because of Tortorella. Yeah, I, I, add think, Max I, Domi, think, I think I think will do really well. They added Miko Koivu, I think, who's going to do pretty well. Yeah, um, no, I think that's definitely fair uh, to add. Also, I don't think that's a big miss for them because they said this miss for the Blue Jackets is that both Domi and Koivu only put up 21 goals last year. One Koivu that's is not over. a miss. It's, that's not Koivu a miss. Koivu is not offensive, all. so that's not a miss. And also, uh, Columbus doesn't put up that much offense to begin with. They're a defensive-oriented no. team, so the offense. So it, it literally it fits their style. So it makes sense to yeah. forget to get Domi to get Quavey. So yeah, yeah, no. So they're still going to be they're still going to be a pain the ass to play season. against. So yeah, I'm fine with yeah. them there. Yeah. So, but that wraps okay. that up. Um, yeah. Let's do a little. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Perfectly seamless time. Oh yeah. Here. If you're watching the video, don't mind the lighting. We just changed yeah. the lighting up. It, it was too dark. It's our green screen. We changed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just changed our background. Yeah, all right, yeah. Obviously. Um, so I just have to throw on different we, sweatshirt, so it's fine. Well, yeah, he, yeah. Jeff got cold. So, and he yeah. wanted to show you all you guys that he played tennis in high school. Exactly, yeah. Um, but since we just got done talking about the top 16 teams. and There's one team uh, that is in there. Yeah, that is next. And the Flames. We didn't want to go too deep in it because we we're going to talk about the Flames. Let's just talk about the Flames now. Kind of got them over with, but not really. I just feel like there's a, there's a good amount to talk about with them. They've got a key player that they lost. They got obviously a very ca- a caliber, good caliber goaltending, an issue yep. for expansion, which will also be an issue for them too, um, with their goaltenders and what they want to do there. And just overall, what we just think of the Flames. So, looking at their season, they were 36, 27, and 7, 79 points. That's a 0.56 point percentage there. Uh, let me ask you this, Mike, because the Calgary Flames, the last few years, they, they were teetering, tottering, uh, back. They actually got into the playoffs, right? The Flames. They, or did they lose in the qualifying to get into the playoffs? <laughs> no, I can't remember. I don't. Here, I'll just bring up oh, the no. playoffs. Um, I can't the Flames remember. were in it. The, the Flames were the sixth team in the playoffs. So they Who did they the play? I, I'm, honestly, I'm blanking. They played the Stars. It was one of those really high-scoring series. That's and at right. at first, the Flames had kind of, not really a chokehold, but they had the uh, – Momentum. Uh, momentum, thank you. Um, and then Dallas just kind of took over. Their yeah. veterans and all that just kind of took over. And right. I think a lot of that bled into the rest of the way. Also, Kudo have been playing really well as well. Kudo have been played out of his mind, so there's no stopping that. Um, but so um, and what the Flames mind. did, and the reason why it was so difficult for many teams to face them in the playoffs, and why they, again, I'm blanking on this, but I forget who they played in the playing game. But the reason why they got that far and why the Stars had triple trouble at the beginning and the thing that hurt them was they lost Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs. And what they do a lot yeah. is just their yeah. M- an MO is 
at times just getting under the skin of the other team. And because of that, some teams uh, tend to fold away from that. Just if you hit them too much, they kind of not really shy away, but they kind of don't go completely all, all in because they're afraid of the hit that's going to come once they get rid of the puck because at times, not saying they're too delayed in their hits, but they're going to hit you right as you get rid of the puck. So you right. just have to keep your head up. And if there's a big enough hit, it just, I think it was the Jets that beat once. That sounds about right, yeah. And that's I'm pretty the sure they beat the Jets. Yeah, that, well, it was the Jets because uh, the Kachuk hit on um, what's his face, Shifley, that knocked him out of the series. Yeah, that, wait. Was yeah, no, because there's that awkward play with Shifley where his angle yeah. just gave out and everything, and it, mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't it, a dirty play, but that it, it was just one moment, of those and also got her plays. too. Because of those guys going hurt, Winnipeg just couldn't bounce back. They crumbled, and they big time. they did the they tried doing a similar thing with Dallas and took advantage early on, but the Stars came back and beat them. Uh, but yeah, Mike, let me ask you this though, about the Calgary Flames. So, what category would you put them in? Because again, think about the last few years; they've been struggling here and there. They haven't really won. A, they haven't won a playoff series in quite some time. Uh, but could I'll you put that. them? in the rebuilder contender um, category or contender category for playoffs? Rebuilder contender. Okay. They're, in a, they're in a really weird space. And last year they are. Really and and, and that's why it's so difficult. If you remember all the, all the controversy with their last head coach and all this, and there was a very yeah. long span where they were just spiraling out of control. Um, and it still happens where it's always rumored that Johnny Gaudreau is going to be traded. Are you going to trade him? Are you not? What's going to happen there? You lost Brody. That's kind of a huge loss for me. For you, you did get yeah. Tanner. He's an okay defenseman, but I, I don't know. They're they're in a weird position. Yeah. Also, I think, uh, I think they I think so they uh, they do, lost on Brody, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't. I don't know what they do with Travis Hamonick. I don't believe. No, I he's think, not on the roster. I honestly think get trading – I know it was a nothing real trade, but trading uh, – uh, what's his face? God damn it. What's his name? Uh, let's see here. One second, sorry. I'm trying to think who you're talking uh, about. Trading James Neal. I felt trading James Neal for me, which wasn't the best – no, not a I'm not a fan of me. James Neal at all, but he's better than Milan Lucic. Yeah, and Milan, they were actually using Milan Lucic a lot. I think he was like on their second line. Surprisingly. Um, and Milan Lucic just isn't that good of a player. He's not good enough he's, to be in he's top awful. six. If he's still he in your top awful. six, that's where I think a lot of your issues are really at. Yeah, so I and don't know yeah, you why – you can still be your pesky self, and even though you did lose Brody, you could easily throw a no Hannafin, Mike Giordano, Mark Giordano deep pair. Yeah, Hannafin is a very underrated uh, defenseman. Yeah, I, I know he got traded by Carolina. Uh, they kind of gave a blow quickly on him, but it helped him get Dougie Hamilton, I believe. So, yeah, their yeah, issue, no. yeah, that was another, yeah. Their other issue is I know not all teams do this, but a lot of them like doing the right D, left D. Combo. They only got two right D's, so bringing Tanev in was really key just to get another right D. And right D in this in the NHL are very valued, very 
kind of yeah. rare, not really, but kind of. It's a it's a tiny bit rare because most teams just they just happen to have um, mm-hmm. the you know more left defenseman than right uh, handed yeah. defenseman. You know, so and it's, that it's not uncommon to have more left play in the right side. And I know he's probably trying to always compare this to the Flyers, but that's the team we pay attention to. And uh, Gustafson's a left D, but he's perfectly fine playing right D. Because more, yeah. more recently he's played right D, and for him he says it's more comfortable. He's more confident, more comfortable on the right side than he has been on the mm-hmm. other side. And the thing so, about Eric Gustafson is looking back at uh, the Flames trade history when when they went and acquired him. Uh, let's see here. They got where's the deal? They, they gave him a, a 2020 conditional third round pick. And the condition was Chicago will receive the higher or better of the Calgary or Edmonton 2023rd round pick on the on the requirement that Edmonton's pick meets its conditions becomes property of Calgary's. The Edmonton pick is a conditional pick that Calgary does not own. So the result was Calgary's third round pick became Chicago. So it was Calgary's third round pick for Eric Gustafson, which wasn't too oh God, bad. Wyatt Kazar. Kazar? Yes, why Kaiser? Uh, I don't know much about him. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I only really knew the first round uh, really well. Other than that, like my my knowledge for this draft is kind of teetered down. Yeah. Um, but again, just because they're that pesky kind of team and the West isn't great, I still have to say they could. I could see them being the playoffs next year. The yeah. thing that really helps them and what happened was they did bring in Cam Talbot, and I felt that was a weird move for Talbot to go there because I felt he wasn't at this at this point in his career that he wasn't really a starter caliber still, but he mm-hmm. proved in Calgary that he still can have he can still be a starter. But I think for him to be a starter he still needs a backup that's still gonna play a defense decent much. And as I said at the beginning of this, which will which will I think be an issue for the Flames not for this off season or the season, it's when it comes to expansion and yeah. you've got to make a decision you obviously that to me that means you're having riddich up or that'll be uh be up for uh seattle to claim because you signed markstrom until 2025 2026 so that kind of screams out that hey we're protecting uh jacob yeah, markstrom, markstrom completely granted riddich is 28 Markstrom's 30, so there's a two-year difference in Reddish. You pretty much know what type of goaltender he's going to be. Yeah. I think he still has the ability to be a pretty decent goaltender. Um, for sure. For Seattle's sake, he could be a pretty good backup for them if they want to go that route. Yeah, no, Seattle, again, Seattle, I can't wait until they get in the league. They're going to have a lot of good Realistically speaking, they could, this could be a I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but I can see their goal attendance being Brendan Hopi and David Ribich. That that could Seattle. be a very realistic um, duo for the Seattle Kraken when they arrive, <clears throat> not this upcoming year, but the following year. And, and that's, um, that is one it's, thing. It's going to be it's going to be a scary. I'm telling you, it's going to be a scary team. Mm-hmm. There's going there's going to be a lot of unusual names that typically teams would should protect but because of probably salary cap reasons but also maybe they're just getting up there in age or 
maybe it's just the easiest way to get out of their contract or anything. So using a buyout, it's the easiest way to get rid of a player. So that's why you're going to see names like TJ Oshie, Braden Holtby available most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, da- uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, David Riddich. The only thing that's going to depend on is if the because some teams I don't know if Seattle is going to be it because they already had to pay so much just to get in to the NHL in general. But if there's going to be a budget for Seattle going forward, and if there's so many guys out there with bigger contracts that are just out there just because it's a big contract, we don't really want this anymore. You have to question how much they're going to be able to take in just because how crazy this year is, and it's still going to bleed right. in, and I think it's still going to affect them. And one thing I was going to bring up, but one thing that's going to be interesting for when you do these deep dives, and we've done it here and there with certain teams, but I think we should start doing, just have a, make a mental note of this and just say how this team, since next summer, next offseason most likely, would be when Seattle comes in, just how uh, this team would be affected by that. This kind of thing. Just a fun little yeah. thing just to keep these deep dives feel more interesting. Another thing, yeah, too, is we have been just a little plug, but again, if you if you want to get our insight on, we're going to like do a whole series on YouTube, each team, each team's deep dive. So if you don't want to hear the whole podcast itself, if you're not a big Flyers fan or whatever, if you don't really like what we have to say, but you're interested in what we have to say about your team. We're going to do each individual team a video of those, so and then do a little playlist from that. Just so if you want to hear what our thoughts on them, just that's what we're going to do. And right now, we started the season. Obviously, the Flames are on there. I think I do believe they're still going to be in the playoffs next year. Um, uh, the It's going to be tough. I could see them either being a wild card or the only I could the only thing I could maybe see is potential third and Pacific or wild card because they're not getting the first two spots. Because first two spots, it's going to go to Vegas and Vancouver. Mm. They could still spot for Edmonton, but I don't know. I don't. Edmonton. We'll get to Edmonton later, but they're still missing some pieces too from their team that we just mentioned earlier in our top fifteen. They're still missing a good amount of pieces. It doesn't mean they don't play tickets. It still be in the playoffs. But again, Pacific isn't – the West isn't that great. And the Ducks even made a couple moves too. So you kind of have to question whether um, they may just be that surprise team next year, similar to Vancouver to me, and that, oh, wow, this team's actually in the playoffs. Not that that's too much because – um, if you're talking about the Ducks in general, you kind of just think, especially if you go in the last decade or so, just they're being a playoff team, and more recently there's not. So this is new right. fuel for them to be in this rebuild, but with the not great West, you have to make that argument that Anaheim could be in there too. Uh, San Jose as well, I know they had a down year, but again, you got Carlson, Burns, all those guys, Marlowe's back. Um, you did add uh, Dev Dubnik, so again, it's little things here and there that's going to separate the Pacific, and it's really it's interesting. I'll be interested to see how it shapes up for next season. Yeah, no, I Whenever agree. It's, you easily got to throw Vegas as a clear front runner again, especially with the but addition if of talk- Petrangelo. Um, yeah, but honestly, if talking on paper, my third in the Pacific is going to be Calgary, and, and I think that's fair because Vancouver should be number two. Um, they're just getting better. They're a young team, but they're just getting better. 
Um, yes, Mark Sherman is a bigger loss for them, but they still got a they got a Demko. Who's a big loss for them? Markstrom, who Calgary. Yeah, right, owned. but they got Holpe and they have Patrick Demko, yeah, who, although he played only a couple fine. games in the playoffs, he showed what he can truly do. So it's going to be an interesting time for Vancouver, and obviously we'll talk about this when we break down the Canucks. Um, but I I really like the duo of, of Holpe and mm-hmm. – um, Demko, he can learn a lot from Holpe. But so, and if I, think, I, I do were... think the better Kachuk, honestly, to me, I think the best Kachuk um, is on Calgary and Matthew. Oh, he's absolutely. The only one I don't, he's the only hands one down. I don't mind. I, I love he is Matthew Kachuk. His game is great. You know, sure, he's had some spotty moments before in the past, but look, the guy can play hockey. He's a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. He gets under your skin, but not only that, he's a he can put up 70-plus points yeah. a year. Do you know how many guys in today's league, besides maybe Brad Marchand, can put up 70-plus points a year and get under your skin and be that effective, that can throw big hits, that can fight in his all-around complete player? Not I'll say many. this for a uh, – you have to throw uh, John Monaghan in there too. He's another guy that can get under people's skins too. Yeah, so he won't put up as much points as Kachuk, but he still puts up pretty decent points. Yeah, but so uh, I want to bring, I want to start doing this uh, for when we, you know, Seattle's coming into the league, of course, in, uh, mm-hmm. in two years and everything. So there's a great article on the Athletic. I, ha- I have it up right now. It's it was back in July, and this is the most updated projected uh, expansion draft for each team that. Um, for who they would cover or protect, I should say, and it's the athletics beat writer for that you know team. Uh, so Scott Crickshank, uh, uh, his protected list mentions a lot of players. Well, some of them they don't even have to worry about anymore because you know they're gone. So TJ Brody and Travis Hanek, they don't have to worry about protecting those guys because they're no longer on the team. Yeah. Um, his protected list is Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Sean Monahan, who's a great, great player, Mikhail Backlund, Matthew Kachuk, Andre uh, Mangiapane, who I believe just got an extension, Dylan Dubé, uh, Rasmus Anderson, a good young defenseman, Noah Hannafin, Mark Giordano, and David Riddick. But, of course, with uh, the addition of Markstrom, Riddick could go most likely unprotected. The ones that are available – well, no longer have to worry about Travis Hamannick or T.J. Brody. You have Oliver Killington, who is a, good, a pretty good underrated young defenseman. Yusuf uh, Velimaki is exempt. And here's what it comes down to, and most likely the realistic option. Obviously, we'll have to see an updated expansion mm-hmm. draft, you know, protected list from each team after the offseason. But Sam Bennett is the guy who is not only available, but uh, who Scott here has Seattle uh, taking in the expansion draft. So I think I think Sam Bennett, he's probably not... I don't think... He's see, not I, as good as I think he used to be. He can provide a lot of depth still, but he's... He's not going to he's not gonna bring you any offense, which is fine. I, if he's I, a I don't know player. what the deal with him is... It, him is, but over the last few years, he I will say this though, I don't know and maybe he'll have this confidence. His, how, he'll have this confidence going into next season. But he only put up twelve points this season in fifty-two right. games, eight goals, four assists. But in the playoffs, in ten games, he about eight points. 
five goals. There you go. So, so again, uh, again the, the talent is there. The depth is there. So if I'm Seattle, I'm licking my lips all over uh, the idea of trying to grab uh, Sam Bennett in the expansion draft, who it's either going to be the him argument. or Oliver Killington, who's he going could to be easily, by Seattle. I can see him since he's got one year left, Sam Bennett. I can see him being something they just kind of uh, – Showing to people saying, "Hey, at the deadline, at the trade deadline, like, hey, yeah, you want and that's a great point. I'm not going to lie. If I'm a playoff team, I would want to add Sam Sam Bennett as a depth guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could throw him in your bottom six, no problem. Uh, he he can, you know, and uh, honestly, if he if he gets traded, and it's to the right team, he can provide a nice little spark for your team and do quite a bit. He, he's I think he's and again it's it sucks because he's still a young guy. I think he's he's not even that old. He's not even in his thirties yet. Um as Bennett yeah, he's twenty four years old. Yeah, he's twenty four. We can we talked about him earlier in the podcast, but next time he's already gonna be playing for his third team when he first exactly. hits the iceberg, the look at blue jackets, he's about the same age as Sam Bennett too. Well, a little older, I think he might be 25, but still, he's still young and he's already on his 13. There's just those guys every once in a while, just, just who's young, but he plays for multiple teams. It usually happens later in the season, but I feel like Sam Bennett could potentially be the next Pat Maroon. Oh, I, I agree. And not saying that's a bad comparison. I don't think that really that is. He's just a depth guy that every team's going to want as a potential fourth liner or third liner. Just as a guy yes. that's wise in the playoffs. And the I'll, same I'll put it can this way. Provide... Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm a playoff team, you know, hey, if I'm the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, I know they're our team or anything. If I'm the Flyers and I need a depth guy at the deadline, I'd ask about him. I, I, I like Ben a lot. I think he's a good player. He can provide, you know, more than what um, Nate Thompson and probably Derek Grant provided. But that's just my take, um, you know. and. I think he's a good guy, so uh, look out for him. So, uh, going into this He'll probably season, provide you as much as uh, Tyler Pitlick did. And Tyler Pitlick I think that's very fair effective. to say. I think that's fair to say. But going into this offseason, Mike, uh, the Flames, they had a lot of money combined between Brody and Hamannek, both who um, – mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think I made a typo. I think I guess they're both UFAs. Obviously, Brody because he went to the market, but I guess Hamannik is a UFA as well. But between the two of them, that's about seven point two three mil combined. Uh, a lot of that yeah. went towards Markstrom, and uh, they re, they lost Gustafson one point two mil. Um, they also had they to because I think they're one of the teams they resigned Killing that are on that budget where like they got it keep it they gotta have to lose some salary here just you know the cap didn't go up very much so yeah oh also keep the in mind, um they got rid of cam tablet who cost you another 2.75 mil yeah and um, at the moment you only have one guy you have to worry about signing and that's uh oliver Killington. And he's i thought they already no, i think they already uh resigned him it was a one-year deal well, maybe not yet. So, uh, I lied. Maybe they didn't. Um, but either way, yeah, no, either he, way, he's though, 
he's not going to cost them anything, even if that's no, it, true. No, he's not going to cost you much. He's not even going to cost you a mil. Unless he has a breakout no. year, I don't think he's even going to break a mil. He'll mm-hmm. get like 925K. Uh, so. And if you look at the draft, just their next couple of drafts, or even just, I know it's a year from now, but if you look at um the draft for next season, it's um they definitely seem like a team that's not gonna be looking for draft picks to uh, rebuild. So, so yeah, well, one thing they, that uh... I'll be interested to see what they do. They've always talked about trading Goodrow. I don't know if that's actually gonna happen. I'm at that point where it's like it's probably not gonna happen, but the, he's always been rumored. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But also, uh, one thing that really does help Calgary um, is they they actually traded back in this year's draft draft Connor Zary. Uh, th- this guy, he, he's I, I think he's a pretty good player. I was hoping the Flyers would actually draft him, um, but you know they of course took um, oh gosh uh, Tyson Forster, which I'm still very very happy with. Uh, but for for Connor Zary, he is a uh, he's a pretty good, he, he's he's a lot more than a safe pick, especially if you're getting him at, at what is it uh, 24? I think they got him at. He, he's put up some numbers. So he's played in the WHL for three seasons. His first year, 11 goals, 29 points. Then he took a big leap in 63 games. His second year, put up 24 goals, 67 points total. And finally, in the shortened season. This past year, 38 goals, 86 points in 57 games. Um, so I really think that he's, you know, his skating, his skating could probably use some work. Uh, but overall, he, he, the offensive ability, it, it's, it's growing. It, it, it's, you know, it's getting there. And I, I think that he's, he's a good goal scorer and playmaker that that will help him be a top six forward for Calgary, especially. Yeah. That's all I really got on Calgary, so. So we could probably move on if you're good, right? Yeah, I'm good. All right. So we've actually got to wrap this kind of podcast up. We've got a couple of fun little topics, segments, whatever you want to call them. Um, and this first one, since very recently, NHL 21 has just come out. And if you... We've talked about it here and there. We've talked about it even a bit on the, the Underachievers podcast when Brian was on. We've talked about NHL a little bit too. Minor annoyances with it and stuff like that. But our Jeffrey here, our own Jeff, did purchase the game. And I'm curious, Jeff, just a quick little bullet point of a review. What is your initial thoughts of the game? So I honestly, I haven't explored the game like as much as I would like to, I've explored things here and there, but I will say this though. It's, it's fun. It, it, it's a lot of fun so far. Be a pro. I know a lot of people have been complaining about that the last couple of years. Think back to the NHL 20, NHL 13, NHL 14 days where uh, you had the, the, uh, the draft day interviews. Uh, teams are interested in drafting you. They, you know, they go ahead and you meet with them and they, they now have, instead of just it showing like the, the screen, they now have kind of like with, with Madden, how uh, you, you meet with teams and everything like that. And it actually shows the animation of your be a pro meeting with the coach or the GM or whoever it is. They actually do these little interviews and they have the, uh, you know, like, like the text on, on the screen up top and 
they ask you different questions, different scenarios. And for, for example, um, I got interviewed, but my guy got interviewed by two teams, Rangers and the Kings. Uh, and it's this year's draft, um, you know, uh, draft, not rankings, but uh, draft picks. So, like, for example, Rangers are number one pick. LA's number two pick. Um, Lafreniere is already on the Rangers. Byfield's already on the on the Kings and everything. And depending on what you say, it can really affect how you where you get picked. For example, I didn't want to be on the Rangers because I don't like the Rangers. Plain and simple. So I completely botched my Rangers interview. And obviously, they weren't thrilled with that. But and of course, I went to the Kings because I I was like, all right, I, I can I can get on board with this and you know had you know the the good interview and everything and. But basically, you can make it all about you as a star player. You can be a team guy, and that really reflects on that. Um, one pr- couple pretty cool things about be a pro, uh, kind of like what they used to do, I believe, in like NHL 04. It wasn't exactly like this, but something to the extent. You could buy certain things, uh, but as like the, the GM and everything, like for your office and whatnot. But for be a pro, they introduced perks. So you make a certain amount of money, you know, throughout the whole year and everything. And, um, you know, you can buy a boat, you can buy a beach house, you can buy a car, you can get a nutritionist. There's all these like little, little uh, factors that you can, you know, little extra things that you can do for, for someone up at this way, for someone like myself, this is, who, this is one of those things where like, if you buy something, it affects your overall, that makes your some aspect of your game. It, it, it kind of helps your attributes a little bit. So, so okay. for example, like, the uh, the nutritionist it wears off after like five games you just gotta repurchase it um so, some of these things are you know they're permanent you know and you don't have to buy them so other things you know you can have them for 180 days and then you just have to rebuy it um but you know so there's little things like that and if you're someone like myself who who just gets sucked into like little little details like that you, you love it. It, it i don't know why it's just something i've always loved like these extra details of the game as for actual gameplay though uh, you know, gameplay, it, it's, it's a good, you know, good gameplay. Um, I, different. is it much different from the other ones? Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty similar there. There's a little, I think a lot of it, what they changed in is that the actual skating, uh, the, the, the skating, it, it's, it's a little bit different for sure. I like the feel of it. Um, the deking, it, it, the deking, they changed it again, but in a good way. Uh, for example, when you're trying to go forehand to backhand, you kind of do this, uh, like, for example, if you're a lefty, you do this awkward, real slow motion from forehand to backhand. And when you're trying to go back to backhand to forehand, it's kind of – it's a little bit quicker. But when you're doing forehand to backhand now in Angel 21, it's just – it's a quick it's a quick motion. You can go back and forth, back and forth. So you can, you can get real good deeks in. So if you're trying to go forehand, backhand, forehand, you can do that just like that. Um, the actual Deke, so, uh, you know, they introduced the Michigan and the Kucherov new look or the, the, the new Deke uh, move. And I, it's very hard to pull those off. I haven't done those yet. It, it's, I don't even have the motions down, but I guess screw around with the game and, and see how it goes. But all in all, uh, you know, be a pro, it, it's definitely a lot better uh, than it has been before. As for actual franchise mode, uh, yes. How many tripping penalties have you gotten? Surprisingly, I just got I, – well, I, all right, I'll put it this way. Uh, I've gotten a few tripping penalties, but they're actually legit. There was only one time it happened last night 
where Mike, you know where I'm going with this. The tripping pony of the old days. I went to dive and the player tripped over you. And and the player tripped over me. That was the only time I've had it happen, but they called it a penalty. So it's it's still you know it's not perfect, but it's definitely better. Um, I will say this also about franchise. Keep in mind, for some reason, uh, a buddy of mine actually pointed this out to me. I believe the scouting is broken right now a little bit because if you have auto scouting on for franchise mode, it won't scout. Uh, so you might have to. You'll probably have to do that manually. I don't know when they'll get that fixed, or even if they, you know, or when the next update will be. But, you know, it's uh, it, it, it needs a little bit to get fixed. Uh, I will say that for sure. Uh, all in all, though, but, you know, for, uh, franchise mode, I haven't messed around with that too much. I play – I'm only in, I think, uh, early November, show with the Flyers for my first franchise mode. Um, and they, they changed the whole hub screen. So, like, you know, it, it, like the menu looks way different. Same thing with Bio Pro. Um, you know, there, there, there's, like – Everything's kind of on the side, at least for be a pro, be a pro, and then. I'm assuming, um, yeah, I'm assuming there's still the chemistry thing in franchise. Yeah, there's chemistry. Oh, this is something that's different. Uh, in both be or a morale, pro, whatever it's called. Yeah, there's morale. If you want to have that, I I don't have that on just because if you you know don't play certain guys enough yeah, minutes they just or keeping, so they just get yeah. pissed off. It's just a headache to deal with. I like the idea. I like the team, team chemistry more than anything. I think that's neat. Um, but the one thing that oh shoot, I almost I think I forgot what I was going to say. Darn it! Um, darn it! Uh, no, <laughs> it was something about be a pro and franchise mode. Uh, hopefully, it'll come back to me. Whatever. But no, all in all, though, it is a fun game. Though I'm having a blast with it. Um, and oh, for I will say for oh, uh, wingers. So in be a pro mode and franchise mode, uh, certain players. So you know how in MLB the show you have your primary position That's and secondary perfect. position. They introduced yeah. that here in NHL 21. Where so for example, my my guy's primary position is left wing. My backup position is right wing. I've been playing mainly right wing for the Kings more than left wing left wing here and there but they had the greater need at right wing that's why they're pushing me to right wing um so i don't know if there's a way to make it so you can only have one position so for example they have left wing right wing or like uh, left wing in the center they also have a left d and a right d so uh it, it, it's a little bit different it, it's it, it's interesting uh i don't know how i feel about it yet um there's also a lot of coach interactions and GM and the team interactions uh, between you and uh, everyone on the team for Bia Pro. There's a good amount of cut scenes like in game. It's, it's, you know, it, it's pretty neat, but after a while it kind of, it doesn't get old. It, it, just, old. it happens yeah. frequently um, where the coach says, all right, you know, we're, we're up, you know, just don't do, don't do anything dumb. You, know, you can, I, you can either, um, if there's like neutral responses, there's star responses, team responses, whatever. So it's like, all right, well, I will. Okay, I, you know, I promise, like, you know, I'll make sure we keep our heads on straight, don't take any dumb penalties. Or there's like, okay, uh, the goal, the uh, coach says, all right, you know, we gotta put pressure on on these guys. 
then you can say, all right, you know, let, let, let's put pressure. Or you can overpromise and say, all right, I'll do you one better. Let me get you a goal. But if you don't score a goal, then the coach talks with you afterwards and you lose some sort of uh, points with management or the team and team. So, so it, it's, it's work in progress for some things, but you know, it's um, all in all, I, I definitely like it. it it's fun. Um, I've actually been playing a lot more via pro mode lately than franchise, which is shocking because usually it's the other way around for me. Yeah, nice. um, but that, that kind of, is, you know, it, it's, it's definitely enjoyable and um, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I so after I do, I'm kind of going back and forth between Bria Pro and Franchise, but after I do Franchise with the Flyers, after I do my first year, I'm going to take a small break so I can start my Seattle franchise. Uh, unfortunately, with the expansion, or when you create a team, they have the same uh, create a team logo, so nothing's changed there, which really sucks. They don't have enough oh. logos to really create a team. I mean, they have plenty, but it's like, you can only ha- they don't have enough logos in my opinion for the creative team they need more um i agree but because that's actually so the one couple- feature the one feature i actually like in nhl is that just kind of me is like doing the creative team doing that stuff but mm-hmm. just knowing that it's just the one thing that they don't seem to care as much about it's pretty much the same logos as it was from like nhl 05 it's pretty much the same logos they maybe much. added like two or three over the years but it's pretty much the same thing Yeah, um, and the other thing I will say. Um, oh, didn't they? I saw something. Can you actually play outdoors? Oh, the the world of Shell. I think you can. I know that that's probably like the online stuff. I don't really play online, no, I hate but that. Uh, yeah, for I don't some, know. That's I've the one thing I hate is because for some reason, or EA, whenever they do the NHL stuff, it seems they care more about the online stuff. Then yeah. the other stuff kind of comes back around to it. I feel that's why you kind of see be a pro and that change over years. Franchise here and they'll make little minor changes to it, but even even the auto uh, uh, scouts and everything, like you would think you would have that kind of figured out. Right. Um, they always yeah, seem to care about I that think, online stuff. So there stuff. is a theory and, that it might – it's weird because some, some people are saying like, oh, well, you know, it might be because of COVID, you know, that they kind of rushed to get the scheme out, hence why the auto scouting isn't working. But at the same time, they delayed the game a whole month. So you would think if they had to do that, you know, yeah. Yeah, they would take care of it. Um, the other thing for World of Chell, I haven't checked it out, like I said, too much. But um, I, I'll, I'll check one, it out. For some reason, sports is just the one I game I don't really like. You might be able to play that offline too. I would hope so that's the one thing. No, I was just oh. saying that's the one thing. I don't know what, and it's just me, but that's just the sports games in general. It's just the one game I don't want to play online because it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, know I, I can, don't know why. It, it's just it's, not that game is like I don't want to. I, I'd rather play the computer. I don't really want to play. Yeah, play. I don't computer, want to wait like five minutes to play some game. random person. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't mind if it's like us in a room playing with each other, but it's like I don't really. Yeah, no, I mean, I prefer playing against you, like, in person and everything, than someone online. Like, it, it makes it more fun. my reactions to when you make an, uh, a legal move. Yeah. Face off. It's not illegal. It, it, it's, it's fully legal, sir. Um, 
But no, so but no, all, are, uh, I, I got to check out the rest of the um, gameplay and everything for yeah. NHL. But, you know, all in all, I definitely like it a lot. Uh, actually, one one kind of cool thing is um, for Big Pro, it's a nice little touch. Um, they have James Sabelski, I think that's his name, the play-by-play guy, and Ray Ferraro. They do a little podcast, and they kind of talk about, like, how you know how your pro is doing they they do like Calder race uh the Calder trophy race and everything they actually have like a record book and uh you can see like for a franchise that you're on for the league for season game and career and everything the most goals or most assists most points in a game in a season uh or specifically for that franchise so there's a lot of cool like little details that weren't in the games before that I really appreciate now. And it, it makes it more fun because you can really track your progress more so now than you ever could, I think. Yeah. See, for me, and I'm not like you, where I'm not, it's for me, NHL and really sports games in general, Madden and Africa in years. But for me, it's like, it's like getting a new phone. It's like there's minor changes to it, but it's like, it's not that different. I'm not going to get a new phone every year. And it's the same way. Like, the one thing I would, what I, what would be cool, and I doubt they do this, but um, maybe have it come out every two years, because technology always changes all the time. That's why you yeah. see the deking changes, the ability to score the lacrosse style goals, those kind of things. Even the fighting's changed over the years, NHL. But I just, what if you had a little more time in between, and so and really game just. It. And the current game, just keep updating the rosters, keep updating everything just so it's still up to date. But then once the new game comes, that's when like, oh, this is a really cool feature that we haven't really been, haven't really tested out yet. Now, that's, that's, that's just my thinking, idea. but it's just a thought of what I had. Because the only game I, I'll ever, well, sports game I'll get every other year or every year is I'm going to be the show. And it just goes every, they won't change things too much and, uh, uh, road to the show or whatever, but they'll always there's always something I find interesting with it or whatever. And the yeah. one thing I really wish NHL would go back to is starting you in the AHL and making your way up instead of mm-hmm. you if you like you where you put up what thirty points or something like that in your uh, European tour. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the other thing. You can play in Europe, which is pretty different. I like it a lot though. But uh, yeah, but then you get like first overall, and because of that, you're already on the first line. Like there's, I actually uh, was not on the first line. No, I was on the second line. Uh-huh. But, but no, I'm just saying, pre- I was saying at pre- yeah, pre- no, I know you start off like on the first or second line, and if you play well enough, you're on the first line. Yeah, I mean, I have before in the past have had be pros that start on like the uh, the third line and work my way up to the first, but yeah, I've had those too. And that's why I always liked being late in the draft. Cause you automatically just start on the third line. Cause I want to, yeah. I want to have something to work up to. I don't want to be there right away. And yeah, there's still no, problems sure. to have with, I'm going to be the show too, but I'm just, I don't know. This is kind of my thought. I think it's well documented. My opinions on NHL and EA sports. Yeah, I will say this to do a better job with NHL than I do Madden because I feel the times, especially with there be a pro superstar, whatever you want to call it, they kind of go lazy with it. Like, I don't want to pick my own team. I like how you can have that option where you can choose your own team with those, but I want to be drafted. I don't want to pick my team. 
and just have it with franchise and everything. It's just, it's not my favorite. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's how we got there, but uh, we've got one last little fun topic and then we'll head off. Um, and this is just a tweet that NHL had out earlier, just what was your favorite NHL moment from your childhood? And we we're gonna expand that more to uh, our favorite moments actually at a game. Um, and for, I'll go first on this just to kind of get people to understand what we're talking about. Uh, I'll do the, let's do the childhood ones first, then we can do the other ones after that. Yep. And even though this one's a little pushing it, because realistically, most of my childhood paying attention to really anything professional sports was the Philadelphia Wings for the National Lacrosse League, but I'm not going to talk about that. But for me, and I've told the stories numerous of times, it's shared on here and then on under Jewish podcast, but and sure, you can easily throw uh, coming back against Boston up there. And that's the yeah. easy one, but I don't want to do that one. Just because it's the easy one. But mine is the uh, shootout winner to get into the playoffs. That's one of my yeah, favorite yeah. just moments. And it's one of my favorite moments just because of the moment where I actually was. Because that's the one moment. Like everyone says whenever you win the cup, where were you when this happened? Where were you? Yeah. Especially with the Eagles winning. It's like, oh, where were you when the Eagles won the cup? I wasn't watching. I turned it off halfway through. Sorry, Eagles fans. I turned off the game. Um, but I don't care about football. I'm sorry. I don't care about football. I've noticed. Um, but that's just one of those moments. Like, I know exactly where it was because when the Applebee's out, it's no longer here, but we were there. I think we were, must have been celebrating my dad's birthday. We were watching it there. Like, the overtime, third period, like, oh, this is – we didn't even really know what the context of the game was. I'm sure there was someone that said, if the Flyers win here, they go to the playoffs, something like that. And we didn't really know the context. And so we thought, I was like, oh, if they win this, they go to the playoffs. So then we, after the overtime, I think we just quickly ran home to watch the shootout. And then the shootout happened. And then we made it to the playoffs. And obviously, we all know how that ended up. And, you know, I don't know how it ended, but I know how we got there. The last thing I remember is that technically the 2010 Cup Finals series is still tied to two. That's all I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that one's even pushing it because that was – we were probably, what, in eighth grade when that happened? Somewhere around there? Um, it was this go, summer of eighth grade. It was, yeah. so it, was, it was eighth grade, but we were getting ready to go into high school that yeah, year. So it was like – by the time 13, it was in June, I was like a young teen that's a little older for kids, but I saw kids around then, so I'm gonna count that because that's fair. I'll that, give you and that. And also, that was my that was me coming back into watching hockey again. Was that I'll one. give you that. Um, this one's tough because I I have two uh, that are are tied, so it's a mix of. Childhood memory mix of my first ever NHL game I went to in 2004 and my first playoff game that I went to in 2008. They're tied for my favorite childhood memory. Uh, February 14, 2004, Flyers-Rangers on Valentine's Day. 6-2 Flyers win. We got to get my first ever hockey game, and I loved it. I've been a fan since, I think, 2002, 03. And, oh, my God, I was so excited and uh, got to see my favorite player at the time, John LeClaire, play. He scored a goal. Um, 
there was some fights and everything. Donald Brashear, he got in a, a, a scrap. And, and there was – you can still watch the highlights uh, on YouTube today. And one thing I did not realize, I got to see a Hall of Fame player that day, and I didn't even realize it at the time until I watched these highlights just uh, years later. I got to see Mark Messier play. And that was one of the coolest things ever. It, it's just, I don't know how I can so get you had to, You kind of had the similar moment to me where it's like you didn't really know some of the context to this until afterwards. Like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of huge. Yeah, Dogger was actually, on the Rangers that year, but he was hurt, I believe. Um, so he didn't play. Uh, but I got to see yeah. Messier play, and that, that was that was special. So uh, that was really cool. And for 2008, it was round one against Capitals. I, I want to say it was – I always get these games mixed up. I got to look, look it up real quick. Um, so it was Flyers-Caps. Um, I can't remember. Okay, it was game four. Um, it says the game is on April 17th, uh, 2008. That game went to double overtime. Mike Knubel scored the game-winning goal, and that was electrifying. Just here, just the the entire atmosphere, the entire game was remarkable. Just hearing the game, uh, 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 just hearing the, like the the players on this, but also the the fans, the electricity in the building, and um, we were kind of sitting by the stairs and everything, and there happened to be a cameraman there. And we got on the jumbotron like six times, and it was awesome. We were going nuts. It it was so fun. Like like we we're just yelling and screaming all kinds of things. And but by, by the time that Canoeble scored that overtime winner, it was the roof exploded. It was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, um, you know, so so those, those two uh, childhood memories are tied for first. Now, um, Mike, now we take it to a different meaning. What was your favorite moment? At a game. So it's only meaningful if you know the context of this player. So I haven't gone to, to any meaningful game, and truth be told, anytime I do go to a game, it's pretty much like when you went to that Bruins game, Flyers offense kind of just disappears and they don't play that well. But in this game in particular, and you, you probably know this right away, it was the game. America Gudis scored from the red line. Center ice or red line, yeah. And I, I, I see two goals in that game. Out, but yeah, I know what it is. Uh, it's one of my favorite moments. I forget that who they're great. playing. It's against Columbus, too. Columbus, yeah. And he just shot out the red line. Did they put up like a seven spot on Columbus that game? Yeah, they did. And I remember, uh, I remember this particularly. Um, because if you've ever been to any sporting event, and since the Flyers had destroyed Columbus, um, we left a little early just because you want to be the traffic. And if you've ever gone to an Eagles game, it's a nightmare. Flyers games, it's rough. It's just hard just getting out of the traffic oh, it's all, and all that. It's all. So just because they were just trying to try to get out of there just so we don't have to deal with I, that. Especially if you're up seven, too. You know you're going to win. And then their game was so on, we had it on the radio. And I just remember at one point they were saying, Kudis was on the power play because Flyers had a power play because they were trying to get him a hat trick. And oh, yeah, I remember that. Afterwards, I think uh, Coatsy and um, what's his face were uh, – Tim Saunders. Uh, 
Yeah, Tim Saunders, they interviewed, they, the game managers, he didn't score or anything, but they interviewed uh, Gudis, and they were making fun of him, joking with Gudis the whole time. And it just made me laugh. That's awesome. Uh, that's one of my favorite moments of the game. Oh, I so I one it's good just because there were so many goals and just the fire set scored so many goals. But it's another one that's like a guy you don't really expect it to get like two goals and then a really unexpected rare goal yeah. from a red line from the yeah. one person you were like, oh yeah, maybe he would do that because it's just from anywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, <laughs> it, it it's crazy. Um, it wasn't even so like fun. one of those things where like you you can't. I almost give the benefit of the doubt to the goalie because it was one of those shots. Like, I think that actually might go in. It was a really yeah. tricky kind of shot. It changed direction. You know, it, it, was, it was a very bizarre shot. I I don't know if it bounced or whatnot, but it just it just <laughs> caught him off guard and clearly and just wow, it, it was nuts. Um, so I had a clear cut favorite number one, mm-hmm. but now the more I think about it. Just because of the at, the atmosphere and the experience, uh, it, it it's tough for me because mm, you know what I I, I get there. I'll, I'll throw it as an honorable mention for sure, but I'll do that after I mention my favorite game moment. Flyers Penguins, two thousand twelve. I knew six, it. Game six. Five seconds in, Claude Giroux mm-hmm. levels Sidney Crosby. We jump out of our seats 27 seconds later, 32 seconds in the game, playing off the post and in one nothing Flyers 32 seconds in. You know how the rest went? 5-1 Flyers victory for, and won a series. And that was one of the cool moments. It's really funny because uh, before the game, my dad handed me a $20 bill. He goes, Get whatever you want. I'm like, cool. So I grab a huge thing of crab fries and a large Mountain Dew. And, oh, my God, I was Ooh. wired. And literally, I think I had finished or almost finished my Mountain Dew by the time the game started. Same thing in the crab fries. And literally, at one point during the game, I'm yelling. I'm cheering. Everything. I'm, I'm being me. I'm in, my, I'm in my place. I'm in my happy place and going ballistic. Especially if you give me Mountain Dew, holy crap, man! Uh, I, I and especially you know because this is what sophomore sophomore year in high school, sixteen, and I was going nuts. This lady, like three seats from us, at twenty four, maybe. This lady, like three seats from us, just gave me a look like, just, just as in like like, are you okay or like what's wrong with you? Yes, what, Mary? Question. Oh, boy. Were you as annoying as the guy from the Bruins game? Were you Surprisingly, no. Okay, you weren't that bad. Okay. I wasn't – so, again, I was hyped up. I was wired and everything, just excited. But I wasn't that bad. Besides, it so – when, So, when the hit happened – at this point, when the hit happens, you're already so hyped up. Oh, just my God. So it happened five seconds of the game. Like, like my dad and I, like, we're making predictions and everything. Not to mention you're at game six of the – playoff game yeah and the potential to win this have the flyers win the series but mm-hmm. we, you know we're hyped up and now you know where we had literally just just watch the ice uh you know the, the puck drop uh, center ice puck goes one way and i jump out my seat like oh let's go i was like, i was excited and it was crazy the whole building erupted when that happened and then 
it erupted again 27 seconds later but um it was funny because when the lady was looking at me funny my dad looks at the one woman and looks at me and he just starts cracking on me because I'm a proud dad right here. <laughs> just like, because I, I, you know, I'm like a 16 year old kid. I'm yelling stuff. I'm just, you know, uh, you know, just all hyped up for this game. And it was just great. Um, and one of the funniest things we saw that day was there was a Flyers fan who kept, every time the Flyers scored, he was running up and down the steps with a huge Sidney Crosby poster and had literally had tissue boxes on both sides. There's a, a Penguins fan. All depressed like this, and and he every time the fire score he runs up, what tissue, what a tissue, and, and it it was so funny. It, it was a really clever sign. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, so and now and of course we stayed for the handshakes and everything, and oh, it was it was amazing. It was such a great atmosphere, and uh, I, mean, I wore my Danny might. Breer jersey that you see back here. Um, yeah. It was a so fun somehow time. in this little segment we've done, we've met, you've mentioned two people that you've, actually three people, all three people I think they got hanging up back there. You mentioned Drew, Audrey, Rear, Danny Rear, John Leclerc, and John Leclerc. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have anything from my my canoeble, so sorry, buddy. No. Yeah. I would like something from Sam Gagne, or not Sam Gagne, Simone Gagne. I have my Simone Gagne jersey somewhere. Just believe it or not, he is my favorite flyer ever. Dude, Gagne was a monster. Pure sniper, great, great player. Not that um, it's that weird for him to be a favorite player, but just one of those guys out of all the Oh, no, like oh, literally, favorite, it's yeah. not if, – if you were to say Simone Gagne is your favorite player, I guarantee you almost every flyer from like, you know what? That's a great pick because again, he, I don't know how many people is actually his uh, would choose him as as uh, your favorite flyer, but still, that's a hell of a pick right there. Gagne is he, he's he's Gagne. He he just did everything for that team. And uh, I uh, I'm so happy he won a cup. Obviously, not with the that's right team. Like, but, that's like the number twelve. Yes, but uh, Gagne he was awesome. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions for uh, games you've been to? No. Uh, I, there was one game not too long ago. It wasn't, it wasn't this past season. I think it was the season before where we were literally sitting right up against the glass, like two rows. That's right pretty behind. awesome. That's pretty awesome. Because um, my dad got tickets from someone and we just – out there it's just one of those things where it's like just a really different kind of perspective of the game yeah it, it's pretty cool being that close to the ice and everything mm -hmm. there's uh two honorable mentions i have the one uh the stadium series game in pittsburgh i got tickets for christmas and my brother took me mm -hmm. and uh yeah. and we, we, we were we were pretty high up at the 50 yard line to you know just again center ice at heinz field that that was a really cool experience and I didn't care the Flyers lost. Obviously, it sucked, but the atmosphere in general is something – it was so cool being outside. At first, it wasn't too cold out of nowhere. It was freezing, and we were cold, but, oh, my gosh, it was so worth it. I, I love the whole atmosphere of just being outside. and It was something I've always wanted to experience, and I, I loved it. It was it was incredible. The other one, I uh, I actually entered this one like contest back in 2015 – um it was flyers fan of the contest 
and you had to submit like a picture or collage or something on that that shows how big of a Flyers fan you are. And I was one of the three winners that I got did selected. Show, did you show them your wall? It, it it's it's up up there. It got I got like a little little plaque for it too. This is Flyer Toyota fan Flyers uh, All Star or something like that fan of the year. And not only did I you know, win that and like some, some this little bag of goodies and everything, I got two uh, tickets for box seats, which I've never gotten before. Literally, yeah. uh, so we, we my friend and I we were going to East Stroudsburg, for East Stroudsburg, Philly, and nightmare uh, the nightmare was traffic and everything. So we missed about the first five minutes of the game, which sucked. And I, I hate missing any part of the game. But as so, literally, I kid you not, as soon as we walked into our seats, sat down, Drew scored. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Flyers had a three-goal lead, though. They blew it, and the Islanders tied the game up late. But then, but then, it, I even said, I said, all right, looks like we got overtime. Braden Chan took the puck up the ice from the blue line, dumped it in, and it went past Varlamov to score and scored with two seconds left in the game. That wasn't like what Huh? What's up? Varlamov. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was Varlamov. I, I, I keep thinking Varlamov. I, I don't think it, it was, was him. Not, uh, Varlamov just got to with the Islanders, if I'm not mistaken. This is bugging me now. Um, I can't Curry. remember who was your goalie. I'm looking it up. This is Ricky bugging me Pietro? now. It definitely wasn't Pietro. Um, yeah, for almost just got this last year. Darn it, this is bugging me now. The only other one I could think of is maybe Thomas Grice. Maybe. Hold on. I got like, look up the actual highlight because I can't find anything on it. Darn it. Look up the, uh, look up the box score. That's true. While you do that, I'll actually do my honorable mention. It wasn't even a Flyers game. But when they had the Winter Classic at Citizens Bank. Yeah. At the uh, AHL game. Uh, Phantoms and uh, Hershey Bears. Were you at we that game? That. Yep, we went to that. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, we set up the second. Uh, we set up kind of high, but it was pretty good seats for the first row. We had no real obstructions or anything. Like yeah, but so that, that's pretty thing. wild, though. Oh, it was Halak. That's who. Uh, I could want to know who or how long ago that was. Um, Tom Sestito was still a flyer. Or Phantom. I specifically remember him running onto the uh, or walking onto the ice. I think Walton well, might have been on my team too. Might have been. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but you know, th those are th that's another good honorable mention. That 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 would have been a fun game to go to, uh, mm -hmm. especially at TV. Again, it's so. not the Flyers, but it was still it was. Hey, a it's a it's still hockey. It's a phantom, mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll, I'll throw game. it in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of all we got for uh, today's podcast. Um, I 
the cadets in that quotation marks for people who didn't get that. Uh, and we'll see you next time.